How are we doing, New City Church? We doing good? After that, y'all can do better now. Now, come on, we're full house, got a full crowd. Come on, man. How are we doing, New City Church? Here's, here's the deal, man. I, I, I didn't get on to people. I, I challenged people this morning in the early service, uh, 845 service, that, that this should be a celebration time for us. Here's why. Uh, if we're not careful, we're going to kind of get into the mode of being a, an American Christian when radically, transformatively, is that a word? I don't know if that's a word or not. But 2,000 years ago, our Savior rose from the dead. Like that ought to freak us out in a whole really good way, man. So, so that ought to like, man, that's like, whoo, like we're living for him 24-7. Tell you what, I'm going to unplug this bad boy. Hey, Kyle, I don't want to mess anything up. I'm going to plug that right there. All right, cool. And I'm going to, because I know nothing and I will mess something up. So I just don't want to trip and fall and everything like that. Um, we are setting up this morning, by the way, we've got a lot of new uh, new uh, be- uh, folks in here. I hope you're believers. If you're not, we're going to try to get you that way. Uh, so, <laughs> but we've got a lot of new faces, if not, uh, un- even if unbelievers. We love everybody that comes in here. And we also love you enough to not let you stay where you are. God has called us to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to actually be baptized, absolutely, but ultimately to learn to obey what he has said in his word and what he has commanded us to do. Amen? And my name is Casey, and I'm one of the pastors here at New City Church serving alongside you. We are uh, doing something for the first time today, and I think, are we, are we good to go? Are we on? Are we got, but we're doing a Facebook Live uh, thing, but we're, we're trying to set that up now. But we are Facebook living uh, our services, at least the messages right now, in anticipation of something coming up uh, here before here before long. But we're going to try to do our entire services on uh, Facebook Live. What we're having struggle with right now is some of the copyright stuff on our songs and that kind of stuff. We got to get you know make sure we're not uh, infringing any copyright stuff. My stuff ain't copyrighted at all. Anybody can steal it if they want to. So they said, well, you can go ahead and put your stuff on there, but we want to make sure people are able. So we were able to get the first service up and running, and we had quite a few people like, hey, you know, you live close when you're able to watch it online and then step into it live. So it's kind of kind of a neat thing. But um, we are in this series called Knuckleheads. And uh, uh, the reason we are in this series called Knuckleheads is because I am a knucklehead, and I want you to know that you are a knucklehead as well. Amen. So turn to your neighbor say, you are a knucklehead. Hey, don't, no, don't put your knuckles on people's heads. I'm just, uh, I'm just please don't do that. Uh, we want to make sure this is a nonviolent house, so we want to make sure we're, we're doing that. But yeah, we are knuckleheads because in, in essence, and you can, uh, put, you can fill out your bulletins on here, or you can, you can download that New City Church app, and you can fill out the bulletin on the app. And when you're done with that, you can actually email those notes to yourself if you're one of the note-taking freaks like I am. But we are all unbelievers in some ways. And the reason I say that is because some of us, well, not some of us, every single one of us is an unbeliever in some way. Not that I'm calling you out as unbelievers in Jesus, but there are things in your life, in every one of our lives, that we are struggling completely giving to Jesus because we're not really fully in belief and in faith in Him in that particular area of our, of our lives. Are you with me, New City Church? Do y'all agree with that? 
Because we're all struggling with something, right? I'm struggling with something. Like the message that I'm going to give to you is, uh, well, this message is different than the last message and is different than the other messages Ed talked to you about because we did a survey last, uh, last week and it was our top three things that we're struggling with. Let me give you what the 845 freaks uh, filled out last, and, and I'll give you what you freaks did and uh, the 1130 freak slash knuckleheads did too. 845 struggled with number one, 41% rest and Sabbath. And I joke with them, that's because y'all get up too early. I, you know, but that's all right. Uh, the other things that they struggle with is anger and they don't read their Bible. Those are the three things that they struggle with. The 10 o'clock people, which is us knuckleheads in here, right? 33% of us struggle with anxiety. 27% say forgiveness. Another 27% say they don't read their Bible. Are you starting to see a pattern here a little bit in New City Church? What's the pattern? We don't read our Bibles. Exactly right. A couple of years ago, we uh, did a survey. About 80% of us, if the same, same uh, percentage is true, about 80% of us do not read our scriptures. Here's my challenge to us, my brothers and my sisters. How in the world are we going to ever get over, get through, get past, grow in the Lord if we don't read what he said? Let me repeat that. How are we going to go and grow as a Christian, like grow in maturity as a disciple, learning what he said, obeying what he said if we never read what he, he said? Guided by his Holy Spirit, absolutely. But we've got to make sure we read our Bibles. Now, the 1130 people, number one was anxiety. Number two was money troubles. Number three, ding, 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 don't read our Bibles. Guys, it's a chronic problem in the American church, isn't it? How are we going to reach people? How are we going to have any credibility if we don't even read our marching orders, our love letter, our instruction manual that God has written down for us? And so there's a common factor in all these things that, that if we're not reading our scripture, let me look at it. When you look at all three of the services last week, number one, I don't read my Bible. Number two, anxiety. Number three, rest and Sabbath, which we talked about last uh, service. Anger, number four, which we talked about last service. And money troubles bringing up the rear in all of the services. Those are the things. But the number one thing when you combine everybody is we are not in the Word. So that part's going to be common. The other parts are going to be a little bit, little bit different. Um, one of the things that we, and so the common issue among all three services is that we are not reading the Bible. Now, now ultimately, I'm not trying to guilt you into reading the Bible, am I? What I want you to do is have a thirst for the Word, a, a genuine desire to know our God more and more and more. Why? Because He rose from the flipping dead. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Like, I did not have a thirst for the word until I realized that this God was a whole lot bigger 
than me. And he wrote down in the Old Testament what he was going to look like when he comes in the flesh in the New Testament. And 365 different things he wrote down. Things like he would be born in Bethlehem. His hands and feet would be pierced. He would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. He would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He would be murdered and killed alongside thieves. All those different things came to fruition. Impossible. Unless their God is real. And then he rises from the dead, right? I'm, I'm like, this is crazy. And so when I saw that and I realized that, I got into the word so deep, not to try to memorize it, but to try to know him. Like, what did he say, right? It's incredible to me sometimes. Like, like we are, like Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my, say it with me, New City Church, my heart, right? Not, not, not my head, not I have hidden your word in my head and memorized your word. I have hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's David praising God. John 1 is one of my favorite passages. John 1 talks about in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. And in John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his, took up his residence among us we observed his glory the glory as the one and only son from the father full of grace and truth so if jesus is the word which is what it says a love and desire for jesus which a lot of christians say they have a lot of christians say oh i love jesus but a love and desire for jesus equals and and results in a love and desire for the bible Wow, you can't have one without the other, right? If you don't love God, if you don't love Jesus, you're not really going to want or desire his word. In, in the 10 o'clock service, two things that came up here that, that in addition to the reading of the scriptures were anxiety and forgiveness. And in Philippians 4, Paul is writing to a church in Philippi. And listen to what he says. And if we, if we look at the word and continue to work, look at the word now, if, I, if you read the word one time tomorrow, are all your problems going to be solved? <clears throat> I'll tell you this. If you start reading it every day, all your problems are not going to be solved. But you're going to gain a more of a mature understanding. You're going you're to have a joy in the midst of some of the struggles. You're going to have a maturity that's going to surpass any understanding from, from the world if you start reading it now. Here's a, a great way to start reading it. I know this is radical. I know this is crazy, right? But this is what I do. I go into Genesis starting in chapter 1, Genesis 1-1, and I start reading, which is the beginning of the Bible, by the way. And I just start reading. And when I get to Revelation at the end, at the end of Revelation, I start over. Now, I know it's, it sounds crazy, right? Because I go, wow, I'm looking for a plan. If I, would know, if, I, if I would read the Bible, if I knew what a plan was, or if I knew what it said, or if I had a good, good scriptural plan. And I'm not saying don't get a plan, but if you can't figure out a plan, start in Genesis 1 and go, right? And when you finish it, start over and go. Man, all this, like, like God, if you're asking him to enter your life, to, to, if, to show him what you want, he will tell you in his word, guided by the Holy Spirit, and you'll be an obedient disciple, not a obedient not a disobedient Christian. There is a difference between being a Christian. Someone said, asked me this morning, so are you a Christian? I'm like, well, yeah. But at the same time, sometimes I hesitate even telling people that because it could mean anything. I'm a disciple. 
of Jesus Christ. I love him and I follow him. And I, that's what I want for all of, of us in the house. Philippians 4, starting in verse 6, Paul writing to the church at Philippi, because this was an issue at the church 2,000 years ago. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, this is a promise, the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Christ Jesus. And I know a lot of us are sorry, maybe this is what you told me last week. A lot of us are, are dealing with anxiety, dealing with those kinds of things. Because you know why? You're a knucklehead. So am I. Amen? Yeah, who said amen? I'm a knucklehead. You're right. We all are in some way. Guys, I have anxiety from time to time as well. I have issues of worry that pop up. It's like, oh, what am I going to do? Until I catch myself, right? And sometimes it takes a minute. But these things I'm preaching to myself along with preaching to, to you. Anxiety and forgiveness are the two things that we're, we're, we're dealing with in our 10 o'clock service. Anxiety over and over, even Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, his very first public ministry sermon, he said, what, what, like, like, does it add any time to your life? If you worry, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to go, what you're going to do. Pagans run after these things. Not so, not so with you. Jesus was important. Like, have you ever think of, have you ever read Jesus in the Bible and ever thought of him freaked out about anything, anxious about anything, worried? Man, this dude was just chill all the time. Totally consumed by the Father and his mission. Obsessed with his mission, absolutely, but never worried about it. Because he knew what was coming, right? I mean, that's just like, we know the victory that is at hand. It has been written down. Second thing we talked about in our church service in 10 o'clock was forgiveness. And guys, this is a huge, huge, huge thing for me and for you. Like, I sincerely had to deal with some forgiveness from some old business partners I had years ago. Some of you have heard my, my story but there were times when I was thinking, I'm probably not going to be able to step into ministry because I might be going to jail, right? This is crazy stuff. But this is what unforgiveness does in our hearts. It creates a toxic environment in ourselves, ultimately. But what Jesus says is that if you don't forgive, he will not, you will not be forgiven. In fact, the Sermon on the Mount is so powerful. I, I highly recommend going and reading it. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. And Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well but everybody say but however if you don't forgive people your father will not forgive your wrongdoing guys it's that important and that that we got to deal with that mess are you with me new city church i know i challenge you a lot and i know we got to challenge one another to become disciples but we got to get over this crap if we're going to reach other people like, we got to be serious about this. we got to have credibility. If we're walking around anxious, walking around unforgiving, walking around bitter, how in the world is anybody ever going to ask us for the hope that we have? Why are you the way you are? Or if we're like everybody else, anxious, unforgiving, bitter, worried, why would they ask? Amen? There's got to be this peace 
that follows, peace that surrounds us, peace as we move and go and, and shop and live and work. There's got to be this joy that doesn't make any sense to anybody else. And they're going to ask if we truly have it. And we're not going to have it if we're not in his word. We're not going to have it if we're relying on the world or our own selves. And if we're not relying on God, there's no way we're going to have the peace that comes from him. There's a lot of us in here that have a lot on our plates. Guys, me too. And I'm with you in this. I'm not perfect in this. And I'm struggling alongside you with this. But can I ask you guys, as a church body, as, as a group of believers, can we go to this together? Yes or no? Yes. Let's go there together. Like, let's learn this together. Let's figure this out together. So that when God says, will it be you guys that reaches the people of Edgerton, reaches the people of Baldwin City, reaches the people of Wellsville, reaches the people of Gardner, reaches the people of Olathe. You can come forward with great credibility and peace and joy that is so attractive to those that they're going to want to know me. Is that fair to ask? So that we go there together and learn this together. Mark 9, and Jesus had gone up to a mountain and brought up uh, three of his closest guys, Peter, James, and John, up to a mountain. And they saw something that was so radical, so amazing. That, they, that, that, that the father like, like, truly named Jesus as his son. They saw Elijah, who represented the prophets of the Old Testament. They saw Moses, that represented the, the, the law of the, of the Old Testament, together. And, and they were like, hey, let's do this. Let's, let's look at these three together. They put Jesus as the same as those guys. Like, like it's really good to be here. Let's put a temple up, and we'll, we'll all just stay here forever. Because it's great to be on the mountaintop with Jesus until we got to go down to the valley and help people. Amen. But this is what they did. And so they were associating Jesus as equal with Moses, equal with Elijah, the law and the prophets. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to fulfill the, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill them. In Mark 9, 14 through 27. I'm sorry, Mark 9, 7 through 9. Sorry about that. A cloud appeared, overshadowing them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son. What does he say next? This is awesome. This is powerful. Listen. Listen to him. Listen to him. Then suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, he ordered them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. A lot of people will say, do you think Jesus knew he was going to die? Uh, yeah. Do you think Jesus knew he was going to rise? Yeah, he did. As a matter of fact, he says, guys, there's going to be a time when I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be risen. Uh, Don't say nothing. All right, for a minute. Let this thing play out some. Mark 9, going on down. There were several things that happened there. But when they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. See, these guys were unschooled, untrained, uneducated people that were hanging out with Jesus Jesus himself didn't have a seminary degree. I know it's a shock to some, some people. But there were all these people with more degrees than a circle coming after these guys. Because they're like, hey, look, we've been trained in a certain way to do certain things and a certain habits and certain more, you know, norms and that kind of thing. And you guys are not like us. All of a sudden, when the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. Then he asked them, what are you arguing 
with them about. Out of the crowd, one man answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you. Man, listen to this guy. I love this man because he's a knucklehead like you and me who's going through a horrible time. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Whenever it see, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and, it foams at the, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation. He's saying this to us too, guys. Listen, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. I love what happens here. Now, now check this out. Because some people read that only and they say, I'm afraid to go to Jesus, right? Because he's going to jack with me, man. He's going to point out all my stuff. Jesus is not the accuser. The enemy is. But listen to what he says. It brought him to him. And when the spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. The spirits submit to Jesus. By the way, I know a lot of Christians think that the demonic is not real. It is absolutely very real. And some of us are in, are in great oppression in one way or another. And there is no reason to be in Jesus because those punks ain't got nothing on our Lord. When the Spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said, and, and many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But, everybody say but. But if you can do anything, and if he had only known what Peter, James, and John had just seen. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and, and help us. Then Jesus said to him, you can? I mean, I think Jesus sometimes just looked at these guys and like, man, if you only knew who I am. Never mind. <laughs> you, you ain't ready yet. A couple, a couple of my boys just saw something that's just going to freak you out. You're going to be reading about it here in a little while. But if you knew who you were asking, you would never even worry about asking. Because I can't. And I will. But listen to what he says and listen to the criteria of this man. And I love this man because he's a knucklehead like you and a knucklehead, knucklehead like me. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, man, I, I, don't you know? Never mind. Everything is possible to the one who believes not just the facts about Jesus not just the facts of the scriptures not just the facts of the historical accuracy of what the Bible says not just what the Bible says but who the Bible is help me immediately the father of the boy cried out I do believe and here's guys where we can be just like this man Suffering great deal. I do believe. What does he say next? Help me. Help me with my unbelief. I, I got you, God. I know you can do this. I, I know your Bible's real. I know you rose from the dead. But you don't. Man, I'm angry and I'm anxious and I'm, I'm freaked out. And, and just help me with 
that unbelief in whatever area it, it is. Help me with my trust in you. Help me. And, and you know what Jesus didn't do? He goes, man, you freaking jerk. How dare you not have absolute full faith? Anybody ever struggle with something and some Christian moron comes to you and says, all you got to do is have more faith? It's not up to me. This man asked Jesus for help in that. What if we did that? God, I know I'm struggling. I know I haven't laid everything down for you. I know my future is in your hands, but I'm still trying to control it. I'm still trying to get all the stuff taken care of that I know only you can, but it's still in my own power, and I've got to take responsibility. Do we work hard? Yeah, we work hard. Do we, do we, do we work as unto the Lord? Absolutely. But we don't take anything in our own strength. It is Jesus that gives us the air to breathe. It is Jesus that makes the blood flow, flow through our freaking veins. How dare we take his position? Amen? Help me with my unbelief. Oh, Jesus, man, I'd have responded, dude, come on. But according to Jesus, that's good enough. Because he comes to him, it's like, you have that power. Help me with my struggle. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly coming together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again and then it came out heck yeah it did he's the boss shrieking convulsing and violently the boy came became like a corpse so many said he's dead but jesus taking him by the hand raised him and he stood up all god's people said amen help me with my unbelief this man said and some of us won't dare to ask God to help us with ours. Here's what I want us to do. You know that we are a church that is not just about Sunday morning, although Sunday morning is awesome and it is wonderful to be able to come here and celebrate with one another and, and get our minds straight and get it marching orders and all that kind of stuff. Like, like get it from, from, from Jesus ultimately. Here's what I want us to do. We are not just a group of Christians. We are a group of disciples following Jesus, being helped with our unbelief. And there are several things I want us to take away from, from this this morning. First thing I want us to do, if you can write it down on your bulletin or on a piece of paper, and I seriously want us to, like, we, like you, you guys told me, you want to go here together, right? I'm going to help us to understand what it means to truly be a disciple this morning. First thing I want us to do, in your own handwriting, Write down whatever it is that is keeping you from being obedient to him. Scripture reading, whatever that is. If it's anxiety, if it's anger, if it's unforgiveness. Whatever that is. That, like if you say, I can't forgive that person because, then Jesus can give you that power. Give you that peace. That forgiveness. If you say things like, well, I'm anxious because I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, we got, a, we got a, a, a hurricane in Florida. My daughter and my son-in-law are in Florida right now. I get it. Jesus can take care of that anxiety and that pain and that worry that I have been, frankly, unbelieving in. Write it down. 
and be honest. If it's, if, even if it's stuff we haven't talked about this morning, if it's, if it's lust, if it's pornography, if it's addiction, if it's whatever it is, write it down. Put it on paper. Let it glare at you. And then look at the list. And if it's two things or 202 things, one by one, go down and say, is this bigger than Jesus? Is this bigger than Jesus? Is my addiction bigger than Jesus? Is my unforgiveness bigger than Jesus? Is my anger bigger than Jesus? Is my anxiety bigger than Jesus? Is my worry bigger than Jesus? Step three. I don't see a lot of people writing this down. I don't know if you're serious about this. Step three. (coughs) Make a plan. And don't do me a favor, guys. No longer are we just going to ask somebody to pray for me because I'm, I'm struggling with lust or addiction or anger or anxiety. That, that ain't, don't, no. Here's what I want us to do. Make a plan. If I don't read my Bible, I'm going to make a plan to read it. I'm going to read three words a day, three chapters a day, three books a day. Whatever it is, I'm going there. If I'm struggling with anxiety, I'm going to actually dig down into where it is coming from. If I'm struggling with being a bad husband, a bad spouse, a bad parent, I'm going to find out the reason why I'm neglecting my family. Is it something that happened when you were two years old? Maybe. Deal with it. Make a plan. Give it to Jesus and let him solve it. Amen? Finally, get counsel from godly people as you make that plan. Don't go to somebody that don't read their Bible because here's what they're going to do. They're, well, I think God would want you. It don't matter what they think. They don't even know. Go to somebody that knows, reads, that you trust. To not give you what you want to hear, but to tell you what God needs you to hear. And then take that step of becoming a disciple. One who is obedient. Not just one who is learned and knowledgeable about Jesus. But one who submits to and follows and obeys him. And ultimately loves him. That's it. And as we take this journey together, guys, Ed talked about us taking the the class called Exploring Discipleship on October 4th. Be here. Start that. Like that may be part of your plan. Learn what it means to truly be a disciple, not not a Christian, not a Baptist, not a Methodist, not a non-denominational, not a Catholic, not any of that stuff, but a follower of, of Jesus. Amen? Father, we love you. As the song just said, man, we are amazed by you. We're not just amazed that that you can solve all our issues and, and grow us and mature us, getting ready for the next things and the next issues that come up in our life. But Lord, you are so powerful that you saw things thousands of years ago wrote them down and they happened. (laughs) 
a lot. And you rose from the dead. And that is incredible. Father, ultimately, we are your children and submissive to you. We humble ourselves before you so that we can learn what it means to be your disciple, to be obedient to you. Take the, man, God, take the shackles off of us. Whatever it is, show us what it means, Father. Guide us as we go. Guide us as we begin our plans. And look squarely in the face what it is that is keeping us from you. Fully and completely. And Father, as we take this communion this morning. May we not take it in an unworthy manner. May we let you open our hearts and examine what's going on. Man, pierce us to the very core. So that we don't take this communion in an unworthy manner. We love you, Father. We thank you in advance for what you are doing and about to do. It's in your son's awesome and amazing and incredible name. Everybody in the house said, amen.